0: Dino and welcome to the Leader Fluent Podcast. In today's episode, we're talking about Jesus on habit formation. As we prepare for a new year, many of us are thinking about new habits and new resolutions. And so today, I'm going to share four keys to habit formation from the life of Jesus. And then at the end of the episode, I'll share with you a free resource that will help you develop a growth plan so that habits become ingrained in your life. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode of Leader Fluent. John Maxwell has a well-known quote where he says, Most people have uphill hopes, but downhill habits. In other words, lots of people have uphill dreams and goals. They've, They've got things that they want to accomplish or become. But the problem is their habits don't match their hopes. I know I can relate, and there are times when I have hopes for the future, but my habits haven't caught up to my hopes yet, right? Maybe you can relate as well. And so, in those moments, what do we do? Well, there's a lot of great research and writing out there right now on formation habit of habits and, and uh, some great insights there, but in this episode of Leader Fluent, I want to share four observations on habit formation that I see in the life of Jesus, As you read the Gospels, you discover that one of the habits Jesus modeled most frequently was a habit of prayer. And what I find interesting about Jesus' prayer life is that not only does it give us a great example of prayer, but he also gives us a great example of how to form a habit. So using Jesus' habit of prayer as an example, let me share four unique keys to habit formation. Number one, habits need a time. When you look at Jesus's habit of prayer, he prayed at various times and you see that throughout scripture, but you also see specific references to mornings. In Mark chapter 1 verse 35 it says before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. And then in Luke chapter 4 verse 42 it says early the next morning, Jesus went out to an isolated place. Now why would Jesus pick early mornings? Well, we don't really see a reason why specifically named in Scripture, but I think, I think there's probably a really practical reason why, and that is that nobody else is awake in the mornings, right? Nobody else was around at that moment. He picked a time that would ensure the least amount of distraction. So, for a habit to form, you need a set time and a right time that works for you. And I think that's important to point out because your time is not necessarily what someone else's time would be for the same habit, and that's okay. I know for me, if I'm going to spend time with God, it typically has to happen in the morning. And so I'll get up, I'll make a cup of coffee, and then I immediately go sit down with my Bible and my journal, and I spend time with the Lord. It's quiet, it's uninterrupted, and it's a great way to start the day. In fact, I've discovered that if I go digital first, in other words, if I start you know, scrolling through social media, or if I start, if I open up my computer and I just you know, check my emails and stuff, I won't spend time with God. I, I will I will get distracted and I'll say, well, just one more email or just one more thing. And before I know it, an hour's gone by and I haven't spent any time and then my day's getting rolling. And so, so I, I know for me, I've got to have a set time that's scheduled at the right time for me. You see, when habits aren't directed by a time, they become dictated by your feelings. And let's be honest, we never feel our way into a habit. You have to set a time. Now, let me put time in perspective for just a moment because a lot of times we say, well, I just don't have the time, right? And so let me, let me put this in perspective. There are 525,600 minutes in a year. Now, you'll spend about 175,000 of those minutes asleep. That's if you're getting eight hours of sleep at night, right? Maybe you do, maybe you don't, which means that you've got about 350,000 minutes remaining uh, during your waking hours. And so of that uh, allotment of minutes, if you work eight hours a day, five days a week, for let's say 50 weeks a year, that means when you take sleep and work out of the equation, you'll have 230,400 minutes remaining. So the question is, how many of those minutes... Will you give to form the habits that will make you healthy? Now you might say, but Stephen, you don't understand how busy I am. I have so much to do and I get it. I'm busy too. We all are. So so let me give you one more number to consider that I think might help put all of this in perspective. That number is 51,830. What is that number? That's how many minutes the average person spends on social media each year. Again, 51,830 minutes a year. That's 142 minutes a day. That's 863 hours per year. Think about this. That's 22% of your minutes outside of work and sleep. That's a huge number. I think we might have just found some extra time, right? So every habit needs a time. And the truth is, we can find the time if we really want to. The second key to habit formation is that habits need a place. I find it very interesting that, that each time Jesus prayed, Scripture refers to the place that he prayed. And, and the place wasn't always the same, but it was always secluded. So, for example, Luke 4.42 says, Early the next morning, Jesus went out to an isolated place. Mark 1.35, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Luke 5.16, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Luke 6.12, one day soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. Mark 6.46, after telling everybody goodbye, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. What do all of these passages have in common? They reveal a secluded place where Jesus prayed. Here's the point I want to make. Every habit needs a home. Think about this. A habit of prayer might find its home on your back porch. A habit of reading might find its home in a coffee shop. A habit of working out might find its home in a gym. A habit of community might find its home in a small group. A habit of writing might find its home in a quiet office. Every habit needs a home. It needs a place. That home is the place where the habit can take root and the habit can produce fruit. Okay? So, every habit needs a time and every habit needs a place. Number three, habits need a frequency. Now, this seems really obvious. I get that because you know, habits imply frequency and regularity, right? So, so I, I get that, but I believe it's worth pointing out because whenever you look at Jesus's habit of prayer, you see frequency is a huge part of this. Luke chapter 5, verse 16 says, "...but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer." And we know it was often because of all the passages of Scripture I've already shared with you, right? We see this habit ingrained in his life. So, why is this important to point out? I believe it's because frequency is what gives a habit its power. In fact, without frequency, a habit isn't a habit. It's a hobby. Think about it. You don't typically do a hobby every day. For example, if your hobby is golf, I'm guessing you don't play golf every single day. If your hobby is traveling, I'm guessing you don't travel every single day. If your hobby is gardening, I'm guessing you don't garden every day. For a habit to be a habit, it requires frequency. And that's what gives the habit its greatest power. Let me give you an example. Dan Sullivan is a successful um, coach, works with a lot of business leaders. He's written several um, business books. And one of the keys to Dan's success is his commitment not to quit, to like keep going, to persevere. So where did he develop this mindset? Well, after Dan graduated high school, he went on an outward bound expedition in Scotland. And during a really difficult part of his hike uh, through some treacherous uh, terrain, Dan decided to sit down, take off his his pack, and, and, and just rest because he was absolutely exhausted. And to be honest, he wanted to quit. But right about that time, one of the Outward Bound guides came up to Dan and asked a question that changed everything. And it didn't just change everything in that moment. It changed everything for the rest of Dan's life. That guide looked at Dan and said this, Is this where you stop? is this where you stop? You see, the hill in front of Dan looked like Everest, right? I mean, when you're that exhausted, but that's when he made a declaration to himself. This is not where I stop. And so he picked up his pack and he started hiking again. And when he reached his destination, not not several hours later or, you know, uh, the next day, no, several days later, when he finally reached his destination, that same guide came up to him, and the, the one who had asked, is this where you stop? And, and said to Dan, if you had stopped on the hill that day, your life would have been difficult. You would have been tempted to quit any time you faced a struggle in the future. So today, anytime Dan faces a challenge that feels insurmountable, whenever it feels like One of those moments where you just wonder if you should quit, he always asks himself that question, Is this where I stop? And each time, he'll answer with a resounding no. Listen, as you're developing your habits, ask yourself that question, Is this where I stop? Because each time you answer that question with a no, you're building frequency into your habit. Number four, habits need a partner. Now, typically Jesus prayed alone, but there are references of other people being with him or near him when he prayed. One of those is in Luke chapter 9, verse 18. It says, one day Jesus left the crowds to pray alone. But notice the very next statement. It says, only his disciples were with him. You see, for many of the habits that we develop, they will happen alone. But when habits are forming, especially in the early stages, we often need a partner. Now, there are generally two types of partners. There are activity partners, and then there are accountability partners. What's the difference? An activity partner are people that develop the habit with you. Like, they're in the game taking action right alongside of you. You're developing the habit, but so are they. So you're you're in this together. They're activity partners. So if you need to develop a habit of prayer, who can you pray with? If you need to develop a habit of studying, who can you study with? If you need to develop a habit of working out, who can you work out with? So there's activity partners, but then there's also accountability partners. Accountability partners are people that hold you accountable to develop the habit. So if you need to develop a habit of financial stewardship, who can hold you accountable? If you need to need to develop a habit of reading, you know, uh, who can you hold you accountable for that? If you need to develop a habit of investing in your team, who can hold you accountable? You're ultimately responsible, but then there's that person that they kind of hold your feet to the fire and check in and, and, and help make sure you're making progress forward. You see, partners provide the support, and the accountability to form patterns of frequency so the habit becomes embedded in our lives. So let me wrap up with this. Every habit needs a time, a place, a frequency, and a partner. And when those four things are in place, the likelihood of success increases. I recently heard Mark Batterson says something that I think puts all of this in perspective. Pastor Mark said this, Show me your habits, and I'll show you your future. I hope that challenges you as you think about the habits you need to form in your own life as we begin a new year. Well, I hope today's lesson helps you develop healthy habits in your life. And if you need some help developing a growth plan why not download my free ebook, How to Create a Plan for Personal Growth? It's a fantastic way to wind down one year as you're preparing for the next year and determining what your goals are going to be, what habits you want to form. You can download it at stephenblandino.com. Just click on the free resources tab and you can get that today. Well, thanks for listening and thanks for your ratings and reviews. I'll see you next time for another edition of the Leader Fluent Podcast.